podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Thursday after Bournemouth 1, Liverpool 2 at the Vitality Stadium in Bournemouth in the Carabao Cup. Liverpool advancing now to the quarterfinals where they will take on the Happy Hammers West Ham United. That game will be played at Anfield on the 19th of December. And this competition now is very much there for Liverpool to win. Went to the South Coast last night, played in a storm. Didn't play anywhere close to what we're capable of. Didn't have our best 11 on the pitch by any stretch. But still came away with a deserved win. So we lined up with Keller and Goal, Gomez, Matip, Kwanzaa, and Costa Simicus in defence. Elliot, Endo, and Jones nominally in midfield three. And then Zabozlai, Salah, and Gakpo as a front three. It was a little clunky at times. Dominic and Harvey didn't seem to know which one of them was meant to be playing right side of midfield and which one of them was meant to be playing right side of the attack. But Eventually, they found a bit of a groove and got things working. We got good performances from Curtis and Endo in midfield. Gakbo was a little bit quiet. Salah was a little bit quiet. Harvey was a little bit off. Dominic was involved, but things weren't coming off from. But where we got really strong performances, I thought, was defensively. I thought Costas had a solid game, kept Semenyo quiet. Gomez had one or two issues where he lost the ball in the wind. That's understandable. You don't play in a storm all that often. Matip was good. But Gerald Kwanzaa, for me, was comfortably the best player on the pitch. I thought he just looked tremendous, really. And we we may well have a proper gem on our hands here. Now, you don't want to put too much pressure on him. You want to give him time, let him develop slowly. But the confidence he shows on the ball the comfort with which he takes the ball under pressure, his passing is crisp. He was firing passes into midfield yesterday and smart enough to not put any kind of lift on them, rifling them in at the feet of the midfielders, which is exactly what you want in those type of conditions. Strong in the air. Times his challenges really, really well. That's the most impressive thing for me is how good his timing is. I thought he was brilliant. And then Cuevin Keller played in goal. And I've seen some people have a real pop at him today. So I wanted to defend him because 
well, if I don't defend him, who the fuck else is going to defend him? I don't know what he did wrong last night that people are having a gripe about. I mean, could he have done a bit better for the Bournemouth goal? Maybe, but I'm not sure he could have. I thought overall he made the saves that he was asked to make. His handling was decent. His kicking wasn't great because he was kicking into a storm for half the game. But I don't really see what gripe people have with how he performed last night. And if you do have an issue with where he is right now in terms of development, that he hasn't necessarily kicked on from 21-22, it's because he hasn't played enough. The kid doesn't play enough. That's the simple fact of it. He's almost 25 years of age. He's played 25 senior games for us. Like That's not, not nearly enough. He needs a loan. He should have had a loan last summer. Off the back of his good performances in the Cups, there was an opportunity to loan him out and get him real experience last year. Instead, he stayed around and he played four games. And one of them was a nothing game on the final day of the season. This season, he's only played four games. But it's as many as he got in the entirety of last season, and we've just entered November. So you'd be hopeful he'll continue to play in the Europa. There's three more games there in the group stage for him. There's potentially four more games left in this competition, the quarterfinal, both legs of the semi and the final. So there's another six games. That will get him to 10 for the season. That would be the most he's ever played in the season. And he'll be 25, closer to age 26 by the time the season ends. Only by a couple of days, but he will be closer to age 26. Um, He could play, obviously, in the knockout stages of the Europa, but I think that might be when Ali comes in because I think we'll want to win the competition. And therefore, we play our best team. But the lad just doesn't get enough opportunity. Now, it's understandable. We have the best goalkeeper in the world. And when he's available, you want to play him every possible minute. But, like, if you consider how little football that is for Callagher over his career, it really is tough for him to develop when he's not playing, when he plays once or twice a month. Consider that Aaron Ramsdale is the same age as Cuevin Keller. He's 25 now. Now, I think we'll all agree Aaron Ramsdale is nobody's idea of the perfect goalkeeper. But he's six months older than Kelleher. He's played 200 and 11 senior club matches. That is an enormous difference. And you can say, yeah, but he was at small clubs and yada, yada, yada. Okay, fair enough. Arjun at Murich, currently at Burnley, was at Manchester City for years. 
he's a couple of weeks older than Kelleher. He's played 106 games in his career to date. Four times more. He was at City. So what's the excuse? What's the excuse for Kelleher not getting that loan that he so desperately needs? Because he does need it. He needs to go and play. There's no point in selling him this coming summer unless he has an unbelievable run to the end of the season because he won't have shown the form that's going to convince teams to spend a lot of money. You know, you could look at someone like Dean Henderson. He's a year and a half older than than Queeving. And he obviously just moved to Crystal Palace for 15 million and 5 million in add-ons. He's played 199 career games. Again, he's only 18 months older than Kelleher. But it's those games that have given him the experience that mean that teams want to go and buy him because they've got a large sample size. You know, during the summer, we saw Brighton, as an example, go out and buy Bart Verbruggen. Bart Verbruggen is 21 years of age. He was 20 when Brighton signed him. And Brighton paid close to 20 million. But he's he had played more games in his career when Brighton signed him than Kelleher had at that same point. And he was 20. And Cuevin was 24. The same thing is true of Gavin Basunu. Last summer, we saw Southampton spend significant money to bring him in. He was 20. Before he joined Southampton, he had played 84 senior club matches. And you can say, oh, it was League One, it was the League of Ireland. They're still senior club matches. And since going to Southampton, he's played another 51 games. He's got 135 senior games of club football under his belt. He's only 21. He's not 22 till February. That's why these goalkeepers are going for good money. And we won't get the money that Queeving Kelleher, a talent of Queeving Kelleher, Queeving Kelleher's level and potential should be drawing. We won't get that money because he hasn't played. Take Alban Lafont as another example. He's younger than Kelleher. He's three months younger than Kelleher. He has played over 300 senior club matches. And yes, he's taken his licks. Yes, for all of these goalkeepers, they've had high-profile errors. They've had tough times. Lafont went to Fiorentina, didn't work out, had to go back to France and rebuild his career. Murich, well, he had to go to Burnley. I mean, like, come on, he had to go to Burnley. Now he's the Burnley backup. But he'll still get another move. And he'll still get to have a really long career. Aaron Ramsdale, he's made loads of errors. But he's playing. And he's earning huge money. 
Kelleher's not on big money with us and he's not going to get a big contract elsewhere. Look at the other clubs in the summer that needed goalkeepers. Nottingham Forest, desperate for a goalkeeper, never even looked at Kelleher. Sheffield United need a goalkeeper, didn't come for Kelleher. Palace bought a keeper, didn't come for Kelleher. Brentford bought a keeper, didn't come for Kelleher. Brighton didn't come for Kelleher. None of these clubs made offers for him. None of them. They are the exact type of club that should be buying him. Bournemouth in the summer wanted to bring in a goalkeeper. They went and got Radu on a loan with an option to buy rather than asking about Queeving Kelleher, a homegrown goalkeeper who helps your quota, which is important to all 20 teams in the league. But none of them came calling because he doesn't have enough of a track record. He entered this season with 21 games under his belt at 24 years of age. He's played He's played 10 games for Ireland and only 25 for Liverpool. Like, that's ridiculous. Look at the guy that we sold, that we decided was the one we were going to sell and we were going to keep Keller. Camille Grabara, he's younger than Keller. By a couple of months. He has played 155 senior games of club football because we were willing to loan him out. And those loans earned him a move to Copenhagen, who paid paid us decent money. He went there, he has excelled there. He's playing really well in the Champions League as well. And he's earned a big money move to Wolfsburg which earns us more money and will get him a sizable contract. And he is progressing in his career. Whereas we're not allowing Queeving to do that. So if people want to have a pop at him because he's not where they think he should be at this point in his development, look at the reason why he's not there. He's not getting enough games. Uh, back to the Carabao Cup then. We win 2-1. Cody scores the opener. Clivert equalises. And Darwin scores an absolute worldie to win us the game, having come off the bench along with Alexis and Trent. Then Jota and Gravenberg came on later. Uh, Alexis and Darwin played well off the bench. The other three, not so much. Jota wasn't really involved a whole lot. The other two were actively poor. Um, but, you know, it was a difficult game to come on in, so you can't criticise them too much. Uh, in the other games in this competition, Mansfield lost at home to Port Vale on Tuesday, and Exeter lost at home to Borough on Tuesday. Last night, we had West Ham giving Arsenal a bit of a spanking. 3-1 actually flattered Arsenal. It could have been 4-5-0 before Arsenal started playing. Uh, Chelsea beat Blackburn 2-0. Everton beat Burnley 3-0. Ipswich beat Fulham. Sorry, Fulham beat Ipswich 3-1. And Newcastle gave United a paddling 3-0 at Old Trafford despite playing a reserve team. Um, The quarterfinal draw then, we get Everton against Fulham. So, looking at the semi-final potential here, because we should beat West Ham at home. 
we should beat West Ham at home, and I'd be in favour of us going quite strong in that game. We'd be very happy to play either Everton or Fulham over two legs. Chelsea versus Newcastle. I mean, you'd be very happy to play Chelsea over two legs. Toon would be difficult, but we seem to have we seem to have a bit of voodoo over over Toon. So I'd back us to beat them. And then Port Vale or Borough, they're both lower league teams. So again, you'd be very, very happy. If we get past West Ham, I think ideally we get the winner of Chelsea Newcastle. And then the final, we'd face one of Everton, Fulham, Port Vale, or Borough. I think ideally we get Chelsea and Newcastle in a two-leg. Knock them out. And then on to the final, where we will be overwhelming favourites. And with respect, they're four bad teams. They're good at their level, maybe, Borough. Burr aren't having a great season, in fairness. Championship. Uh, Burr are 10th in the championship. They had turned things around. They had a really bad start. They won four in a row. They lost their last game. But, I mean, 10th is still 10th. They're mid-table in the championship. And if I'm not mistaken, Port Vale are a League 1 team. And they are 16th. 16th in League 1. They're flat out bad. So ideally, they get through, but they're they're the ones least likely to get through. You'd expect Borough to beat them, though, in fairness, the game is at Port Vale, so that does play into their hands. Uh, Then Everton or Fulham. I mean, Everton are garbage. And Fulham, well, Polini is good, really good. They've got some decent players outside of him, but he's the only one you'd look at and say he's really good. He'd get into our team. No one else there gets into our team. For Everton, Onana gets in. You might take Branthwaite as a starter as in that left-sided centre-back role. Ibu, Verge, and him as a back three. That'd be pretty strong. Um, but other than that, nobody... I mean, I'd love to get Hayden Hackney, but he doesn't start for us. And certainly nobody at Port Vale is getting in our team. We should be winning this competition. From where we are right now with the other teams that are left, we should win this competition. It is right there for us to win this competition. Beat West Ham. I'd like Chelsea and Newcastle next, because then that gives us the more straightforward final. A final versus Chelsea. They're just always weird things because they're just a horrible team, a horrible group of lads. We should beat them comfortably, but I'd rather get them in the two leg. Even if we draw down at their place, we'll beat them at Anfield. Newcastle the same. I'd rather play them over two legs because they're a good team. Newcastle are good. So I'd rather get them and have two legs to beat them rather than rather than just a final. Um, on This Is Anfield, there's a few bits and bobs about last night's game. Uh, Liverpool Loney trashed 5-0 as traffic, pyro and fire alarms 
delay full time by an hour. Uh, Owen Beck was playing for Dundee and they got their arses kicked by Rangers. Um, so a bunch more on last night. There's quite a bit on Gerald Kwanzaa. So uh, do give all of that a good a good read when you get a chance. Uh, on Liverpool.com then, they'll be selling us the hopes and the dreams, of course. Uh, Jurgen Klopp has got his own Luis Suarez and Liverpool history is just repeated. Please stop comparing Darwin to Luis Suarez. Uh, other than the idea that Suarez did have that fairly rough first 18 months in terms of finishing. And then he just exploded and was the best player in the world. But they're very different players. Um, Lionel Messi already gave seal of approval to Liverpool approach demanded by Pep and Linders. No, he didn't. Uh, there's a piece about Dominic. There's a piece about Andre. Liverpool set for double transfer audition as Fluminense already made Andre Trindad's stance clear. Right, we'll come back to that. Uh, another piece about Darwin, piece about Kwanzaa, piece about Darwin, piece about Kwanzaa. Uh, player ratings, a couple of pieces about Dominic. Uh, who is, what is this double transfer nonsense? So, let's see. Do, do, do. Who's the other player that he's talking about? Uh, Andre is one. It doesn't name. It doesn't name a second player. So I'm a little bit confused. Liverpool scouting network is regarded as one of the best in the world. But it's curious that Certain regions of the world seem to be almost off-limits. Coates, Leva, Liverpool not buying in South America, list of South American players to play for us. Piece about the, the, then there's mention of Andre. Oh, okay, okay. So there is, there's mention here of the two Two Boca Juniors players that could be of interest. Valentin Barco, who does look a real player, like he looks immensely talented, heavily linked with City. And Ezekiel Fernandez, who I would very, very much like us to have a look at. I, I think he could be he is a proper six. He would be very interesting. Um so hopefully there is actual real interest in him. Uh, lastly then AnfieldIndex.com there is a piece about Luis Diaz an update on the situation with his dad a piece about Kwanzaa a couple of pieces about Kwanzaa actually a piece about the Carabao Cup draw and then there's something that's interesting about this uh, there's a little bit of a, a falling out happening with the club um, over the chap on Twitter who goes by the handle Handmade Banners who has been hanging his banners on the main stand for seven years with the approval of the clubs and the club and the stewards and everybody involved. And they have now told him he's no longer welcome to do so because he spoke out on Twitter after his outstanding Waturuendo banner was taken away and he was not allowed to hang it because 
does a Japanese flag kind of sort of as part of it. It is shocking by the club. They initially apologized to him for the mistake, uh, but then kind of couched it with a bunch of nonsense. And then the safety officer for Anfield called him and told him that his banners were too big and therefore couldn't be displayed anymore. It's utter, utter bullshit. It's really bad from Liverpool. And Liverpool have done themselves no favours in recent weeks with their carry-on, including the fan who was made to take off his jumper and then stand in an October night in a fucking T-shirt because he dared stand against genocide, ethnic cleansing, apartheid, and other such horrendous actions. So, Liverpool, get your act together because this isn't acceptable. You are alienating long-term fans, lifelong fans. This guy has been going to every home game for seven years and hanging those banners every single game for seven years. You knew the size of them. And you know how you knew the size of them? Because you bought some of them off him. You commissioned him to make you banners. You borrowed his banners to copy them so you could sell them. You used them in advertisements. You knew exactly how big his banners were. You have them hung in your shops all around the world. So don't be a bunch of dickheads. Let the lad hang his banners. Let the lad bring in a Waturo Endo banner if he wants. Because here's the news. Nobody's at war with fucking Japan. Japan aren't murdering anybody. So let the lad hang his his, his banner for the Japanese player that we bought in the summer. You were fairly quick to sell Ukrainian-branded stuff, weren't you? You had all that up on the side. Oh, buy this, and we'll send some money to Ukraine. But as soon as anybody has an individual independent thought, no, 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 we can't be having any of that kind of shit around here. Get to fuck. Podcast-wise, there's a new role. Listen to that. Listen to Under Pressure. Listen to Scouted. There's a mole be on the spot coming tonight and I'll see you tomorrow. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.